Hello, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pappy Awards. Um, this week, to kind of set the stage, to set the framework of this episode, uh, we're talking about the Best Picture nominees from the 2021 and the 2022 uh, Academy Awards. And Will and I thought it'd be fun to talk about our take on why and how certain pictures, certain films get nominated and why certain films win. Um, but also giving our own personal criteria, our evaluation of what we consider a best picture winner and like why, um, if we were voting, we would vote for a f- certain film over others. Um, and if you listen to the whole episode, we actually talk ourselves into predicting the 2022 winner way back in February when we recorded this. Uh, enjoy. For this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what our thoughts are for the Academy Awards and specifically... Oh, the Academy Awards. <laughs> I love those things. They're so terrible. Uh, well, ter- what makes them terrible? <laughs> well, what makes them terrible is I was just looking at the Oscars this year. Um, obviously, it's not what we're talking about this this session, but <laughs> man alive. I mean, if we wanted to bleed over, we can, but um, I was talking specifically about the Oscars for 2021. Um, for the Pappy Awards. Oh yeah, we, never mind the, this year. Talk about <laughs> previous years. We're we're real we, we're real current. We we try to watch we're current bros. We try to watch more and more recently, and we try to watch more of the Best Picture nominees just to kind of feel like we get a gauge on what the how mm-hmm. the Academy is shifting and everything. And last year, we at the point of this recording, we have watched four of the eight that were nominated at the twenty twenty one Academy Awards. Um, in no specific order, the trial of the Chicago Seven, which is about the 1968 Democratic National Convention and seven uh, protesters who were arrested in Chicago on accounts of rioting, um, starring the likes of, I'm not going to remember all their names, but starring the likes of Eddie Redmayne, Sasha Baron Conan, uh, uh, Mark Rylance, uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, uh, I know I'm forgetting a lot of people, but it's a star-studded cast. Is it Cohen? Cohen? Or is it Conan? I thought it was Cohen. Did I, I say was... Conan? I, I meant Cohen. Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Um, there's Minery, um, which is about um, a Korean family trying to make it as farmers. Um, the grandmother... You missed, you missed the important word. What? Trying to live the... I'm trying to live the American dream. Yeah, well... <laughs> yes, you put, yes, you, yes. You, you put up the air quotes, but I think... Uh, that's fair. I think, that's that's exactly, fair. I think he literally <laughs> stares at the camera and says... I am trying to live the American dream. Well, considering people. the poster of Minari on Wikipedia, I'm looking at it now, is the young son. I think he's holding a, a hose and he's standing in front of the American flag. Well, it's got to be an American flag somewhere. <laughs> it better be, darn it. So, yeah, it is a film about the so called American dream. Yeah, they're often like Arkansas, um, right? Somewhere like that. What state do they actually go to? My guess is Arkansas. Yeah. I could be wrong. Um, I guess it could they be... They go to Arkansas, you're right. Yeah. 
And there's nothing more、um, American than eating hot dogs in <laughs> Arkansas. Do they even eat hot dogs in that film? I don't know. It, does, it doesn't really matter. But, anyways, it's Steven Yun and his family、um, trying to become farmers in Arkansas and not doing the greatest.、Um, the grandmother won the award for Best Supporting Actress for this film.、Um, Which third, is wild, right? Yeah,、um, it, was, is,、um, it was. The first、surprising. Korean to win? I believe that she was. The first, yes. Okay, and I suppose there weren't many Asians who won in the past. There might be something even more specific. I don't know how. Like, then, yeah, I don't、um, know exactly, but um, um, that goes to show how much I invest in my,、uh, <laughs> my pan Asian、uh, pride, right?、Uh, did, they, did they win Oscars? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, there are so many. Okay, so like. Film and sports kind of have the same problem at times. I mean, there's that one where there's so many like firsts and so many like statistics are like five layers deep that you kind of have to squint again. Okay, let's be, let's be very clear. When you're five layers deep,、um, a first of anything, you're not first in anything. <laughs> they do this thing in basketball all the time where they're like, you're the first player in NBA history to have a certain number of points, a number of rebounds, a certain number of assists on a certain field goal percentage, on a certain number of shots attempted. And I'm like, what the heck? It's, I guess that's amazing, but at the same time, that many、um, descriptors in your first ever feels. Feels、uh, a bit much. I think it's a bit much. It, it feels like the Guinness、yeah. Book of World Records when they <laughs> ran out of world records to give and then it starts getting really weird,、well, you know? Like <laughs> people with the most artificial teeth inserted or something really, really whack like that. I don't think it's a real one, but just something like that, you know? It's just really bizarre things where I, I'm not even sure they should be giving out a Recognition for, but you know, and this is like they got to keep selling their books every year, which is like the best seller every year. Well, that's probably this is probably off topic, but that's probably why、um, people just really enjoy bringing up the、um, idea of who holds the record for the most points scored. Number one is Will Chamberlain at 100 points in a single game, and Kobe Bryant at 86.、Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like those that's probably. It is very, very unlikely that anyone's ever going to beat Kobe's 86 or Wilt's 100 because it's a nice, like, single number that people point to and go, yeah, yeah, that's, that shows how great they were.、Um, well, doesn't, well, doesn't it show dominance, though? Yeah, it shows, because, yeah. <laughs> which also reflects that I would think that that doesn't actually. Isn't that a bad thing? What? Like, as great a statistic as that is, doesn't that reflect that no one else was. Doing anything in the entire <laughs> game? That just spells doom for your team in general. I think, you can keep, I'm pretty you can sure keep, they both won. Unless you can keep that up for the entire season. No, it's going to average 86 the, a game, Will. Plus, my point is that this sounds like you were the only one who's <laughs> able to do such incredible feats, and so you're, you, you envelop all the other. And so it just that, it sounds like the day you're injured, You instantly are knocked out of the playoffs. It's that's done true,、for. but there is a thing in sports where at a certain point, you and your teammates realize that you're so close to a certain milestone that they just keep feeding you the ball because they want to see how far you can take it. So, like, and that's kind of what happened in Kobe's game is that they realized, damn, he passed 30 real quick. He passed 40. He passed 50. We're going to see how far he can take this thing.、Oh. So, that kind of is what happened in Kobe's game. Okay. Just recently,、uh, Giannis scored 50 against the Pacers. Well, that's and, halfway there. And, <laughs> well, it's bec- and so he hadn't reached 50 points in a game this season. And so, like, in the fourth quarter, they kept giving the ball to Giannis, 
uh, especially near the end of the game, because they wanted to see him get to 50 points. Huh. Right? Because 48 is great, but do you know what's better? 49. 50. Um, well, you skip one. <laughs> Arguably, 49 is worse than 48, because it means you missed a free throw, and that would have put you over the top of 50. Well, I don't know. I mean, that could have it could have <laughs> happened, you know? Start kicking people in the shins too much. And, the you know. third film is Judas of the Black. No, no, no go back one second. So <laughs> let's just be clear. With Trial of the Chicago 7, you're leading me to believe, is that it's a trial, and it takes place in Chicago, right? In Chicago. Yeah, where is this going? I'm just making sure I understand this film, right? The Trial because, of the Chicago 7. Yeah, I'm just making sure I understand. So it takes place in Chicago. How many other? Seven? No, huh. eight. Wait. It's seven. Wait. Interesting. Now you're making... Are you gaslighting me? Are you making me think that it's not no, I'm just, seven? No, I'm just, I'm just interested that you had to explain... What the trial of the Chicago Seven? No, I'm saying that the trial was about. Was, was about the DNC protests of 1968. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. were anti um, anti Vietnam War protesters specifically. That is such that is such a weird congregation of words because if I was just reading that out, <laughs> like what'd you say? The trial of the Chicago no the anti anti war. Anti-Vietnam War protesters. The anti-Vietnam War protesters. The, the, anti, the way, the way anti exists there, Convention. it's just very weird, you know? <laughs> the, you know what I mean? No, I don't. I don't know where this is going. Like, were they protesting, like, the anti-Vietnam War protesters? It's just like... They're protesting the Vietnam War. Yeah, but... Yeah, but what? <laughs> like, what if I was protesting the anti-Vietnam... So you were... That means you're pro-Vietnam like the anti-Vietnam War... War Protesters. The protest of the anti-Vietnam War. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. The but the anti-, anti Okay, so you're saying that there's like It's a weird it's you very, feel like the the that there's a hyphen between all of the words anti-Vietnam war and protest. Well, I like Latin better That's because what it actually tells you what words are attached to instead of okay, English is just it, mumbo Would you jumbo. feel better if I said the film was about seven people who were arrested for protesting the Vietnam War? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Although in this day and age, I should probably mention, I think a few of them were basically rioting, right? One of them? I think one of them might have been, <laughs> right? Or no, no, none of them were rioting at all, correct? Or is that, or is that correct? None of them remotely were doing well, anything. Well, in the film, Eddie Redmayne's character Apart from the does, fact they said to disperse, and they didn't, I guess. But, you know, whatever for I that. I mean, they do straight up instigate a riot. That's the part, that's so, the point of Eddie Redmayne's character, is that he's a very nice... Squishy boy until we realize. A squishy boy. <laughs> until we get realize. On those, get in on those cheeks. Well, Grandma. well, what happens in the trial of Chicago 7 is you get Eddie Redmayne and Sasha Baron Cohen's um, personalities and ideologies clash in the film, right? Because. Speaking of the clash, they fought the law. <laughs> yeah, what were you saying? <laughs> Are you saying the law won in this case? Yeah, they did. Isn't that crazy? I don't feel like they won because they kind of when got the, the law they, when the law. Can I swear in this show? Yes. Well, I don't want to. I feel like people will be listening to this. They got show. the moral victory at the end. No, no. no. What I'm saying is the when film. the law f's up something so bad that you make a movie about it. I don't know how great a victory it is. <laughs> um. In the film, Eddie Remain's character and, and Cohen's characters, they clash each other with each other repeatedly because they have differing views and ideologies on how to, one, get through the trial, but two, 
what does it mean to be a protester of the anti uh, of the anti Vietnam? Now I understand. A protester of the anti. Sorry, now I understand what you mean. A protester against the Vietnam War, and they want to put Redmayne's character on the witness stand because I think he's going to be the most charismatic. He's going to be the most eloquent. But then they realize he was the one who had the line, "If blood is going to flow, then let it flow all over the city." The blood of angry men. <laughs> kind of, which is both completely taken out of context Vietnam and completely will end in at last. <laughs> the war, I mean, not the country. I don't want to destroy the country. I just wanted to destroy the uh, the, uh, the the people yeah. in charge who are who are perpetuating this war. And instead, they put Cohen on the trial, and then you get uh, Cohen's um, kind of shining moment in the film. Um, we're doing this very poorly. Our pacing is Who's this we business? You're the one who went off on this tangent on like... Look, I don't know anything about Giannis. You're the one who's telling me about Giannis. Great guy, but... <laughs> Judas you know. and the Black Messiah is the third film we watched in the 2021 Oscar run. Um, directed by Shaka King, starring um, uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya and Keith Stanfield and Jesse Plemons. It's about the... It's based on the true story of how the FBI... Uh, put a mole in the Black Panther Party, and then later used that mole to murder Fred Hampton. Um, that one was right up there, if I remember correctly. Last year, people thought that Judas and Black Messiah had a decent shot at winning. Um, oh, I, I think so. It, um, because the other two yeah. that we talked about, Minery versus, and Trial of the Chicago 7, mm-hmm. were kind of on the lower ring. I think so. But yeah. in my mind, it was Judas and the Black Messiah, and then the other film that we watched that did win Best Picture, which is No Man Land, Directed by Chloe Zhao, starring uh, Frances McDormand, um, as a what would you call her? A nomad, literally. Um, yeah, and she kind <laughs> of exists in a land, I guess, named after her collective. <laughs> I hate you so much. So what we're doing right now, just to be very clear. What? what the no, fuck? no, no, hold on. I okay. want to explain what's okay, going you, on. Okay, you explain. We're, we're that, like though. twenty minutes into this thing, and you, we need to explain what's happening. So. We only watched half the Best Picture nominees, so we can't even like address what's our favorite Best Picture film. So what's going on is we watched half. We're going to tell you what our favorite Best Picture film was of when we watched. Then at some later point in the deep, deep future, possibly our deathbed, instead of like, you know, <laughs> instead of like telling people that we love them and stuff, you know, we're going to like say, the Best Picture was... So we're going to, at some point later watch the other half of the films and then like see if we uh knock off the current winner of the current half that we watch that made sense yes yeah and, and so like on a top protester of, yeah. of a protester <laughs> i think we're i think we're approaching antifa is what i'm trying to get oh, at. Are you sure? I, I think when you protest the protester you're a counter-protester. You're a counter- I don't know, I just think English is a weird language sometimes. Counter-positive? Well, I know exactly what you meant because there could be no misunderstanding. Uh, you I, know, because I, I, I don't... I wanna, were there people really standing around with, like, boards saying, boo, you anti-Vietnam protesters, go home? And they're like, who are you? Well, we, we openly support the war, and they said, said the legions of thousands standing in the street pointing at the... At the anti-Vietnam... Pro- I mean, I don't think there we were... We are heading into very dangerous territory considering the current climate I don't, we're living in I right don't, now. I don't think those kind of people... Well, were there? I mean, there because, were, there's certainly people who supported the war. I know that, well, but... Well, I'm telling you right now, there were people who, like, it, in the same way that they were, like, 
the anti-vaxxers who are saying... What are you talking about anti-vaccination for? Man, what, I'm just talking... I'm in a friendly conversation about history. In the same way that there are anti-vaxxers who are protesting mandates, and then you'd have people on the opposite street who were pro-vaccination and, like, shouting at the anti-vaxxers. And then opposite, there were sometimes, like, like not pro-vaccine, like, rallies, but there are people who would be, like... Okay, it's like yelling at the people. Like you'd have a group of people who were planned at the anti-vaxxer rally there, and then you'd have the people who saw that there was a rally. She's shouting at the people for being anti-vaxxers. Then you'd have other anti-vaxxers who noticed that there were people yelling at the people who were anti-vaxxers, and that like started a chain. So yes, I one hundred percent think that in the Vietnam War days there were people who were yelling at like other lots people, of people who were yelling at other I don't people know. who were A to B to A. Well, but A and the first A were unrelated. I don't it's just that I don't remember <laughs> anything like that being documented. I don't remember seeing any like footage like showing like like, I don't remember anything like that. Like, I guess, of course, it, it could have been. But I would just think they stayed home and just grumbled. You know, those crazy protests outside. What, are they, what do they think they know? What do they ho- think they hope to change, you know? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, you know? I don't. I don't what, what do you know. mean you don't know? I don't know why this is the, the, the direction that we went here. <laughs> what, what, what do you think these films are about that, that we watched? Uh, I don't know anyone who's protesting nomads. Nomads? People who live a nomadic life. Do you really want to go here? Okay, and I don't, actually. Do you really want to go here? I just wanted to... All right, we're going to cut this. How about that? Can we start over? (laughs) There there, there has been some discussion in the media about about this sort of thing, yeah. Not not the uh, American nomads. Oh. Oh, dude. Okay, okay, yes. I wasn't... Okay. Anyways, no returning, man returning to... <laughs> I think to clarify for people who are unaware, No Man Land is specifically about people who choose a nomadic lifestyle in the American, often American West, who kind of live RV to RV style um, and get like... In, in the film's depiction, uh, Francis McDormand's character gets temporary uh, odd jobs as like a deep fryer, as a waitress. You your best job. As as a bathroom attendant, stuff like that, janitor. She, she's um, um, one of the peeps of the Amazon machine. Oh, yeah, she works at Amazon uh, factory. Yeah, what does she do? As she, a, like, moves boxes. Well, uh, yeah, I, this she's is, a packager. This is, is that what they call them? Yeah. I, don't know what, I don't know what they call it, actually. And, so, and yeah. so her lifestyle is purposely nomadic because she goes from job to job, uh, site to site, living out of essentially an RV camper. Yeah. I guess we, what, we, what uh, we were wanting to talk about with the best picture is if Will and I had a vote at the table in the room where it happens, so to speak, what would be our criteria for voting for best picture? Because I think that's a lot of, there's a lot of debate behind that. What quote unquote deserves to win best picture? What makes the best picture? Um, and so I wanted to hand it off to you, Will. Do you yeah. have any set criteria in mind? When you when you think about No Man Land, Jews of the Black Messiah, Minari, Charlie Chicago Seven, or even past Best Picture winners, yeah, that make you go, oh, this really does feel like a Best Picture winner slash, um, this is why it's deserving. Yeah, 
Um, well, a good example uh, that jumps to mind is Green Book. There were certainly people who were against it. You sort of an anti. I can't anti- believe <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> sort of anti Green Book, and then there were the people who were anti anti Green Book, like you know, like against the people who were against Green Book. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they weren't just for the film; they were against the people who were against it, like, actively against them. Right? <laughs> it became like this thing, right? Oh my god! But. Just tacking the word anti, anti, anti is kind of irritating, you know? So, just where was I going with pro, it? I, just say pro or against. But no, they weren't against. No, 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 that's the thing. Is, is, no, no, no that's the thing. <laughs> the people who, they, the, the counter-protesters. They're protesting the protesters, you know? So, so you're they're saying, not just for something. So they were people who had never seen the Green Book, but they were look let me t- for let me, the idea that Green Book should win. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is that, that's what like, you're Let me put it this way. Okay. So... So a certain president or candidate, presidential candidate rolled into town at some point, right? And there were a bunch of protesters outside, right? Oh, my God. Now, if there were protesters for this candidate standing outside going, yeah, you go, that would have been a counter-protest, right? But there weren't because anyone who was actually for this candidate was standing in line for this person. (laughs) You know what I mean? There were no (laughs) counter-protesters. I hate this so much. <laughs> or, or like, I guess like there was no, there was no political. And I want there, this on the no, record. I want this on the record now before I forget to say it. I did not, and I still do not believe that Green Book should ever have won Best Picture. Oh no, I it don't. It should have gone to Roma. Oh, I, definitely. I, I, I want to make that clear. I do not support Green Book winning Best Picture. No, I, I thought it was a um, okay film, um, Green Book, <laughs> but I certainly wouldn't have put it. Um, as best picture, it would have been. I think was it was it ranked voting at that point. It was. Yeah. It would have. I don't have the list in front of me actually, unfortunately. Um, but my gut says um, I would have put very low in my ranked choice because despite because I, I liked the film, but it seemed like it had I don't know like like a lot of easy answers to things that are very complicated. You know. It's one of those things where it's hard to judge because. What happened is, is based on a true story, right? Yeah, I mean, and there was so some there Vigo, was some kerfuffle over how so true it was, v- but it was supposed to be true. It was but Viggo Mortensen's yes. character, that that man, his actual family is the one who produced wrote like uh, produced the film, and so it's always tricky when you have a movie based on real events, and they're done by the people who actually lived them slash are related to it because you they don't want because for obvious reasons they don't want to like go too hard on, on their own family member. It's the same reason why Bohemian Rhapsody at times feels weird because Queen produced it. And so they well, didn't... Well, the protective over They the didn't want to have Freddie Mercury's name slogged through mud. Well, or, that's what they were afraid of. Although I would think logically what they would want is an actual representation of the person. Right. You would think. But no, what they actually want is a hagiography of this... They, they of, wanted a of, celebration of, their, of Freddie of Mercury, their, which... Yeah. Once I realized that I think I enjoy the film more and you know but I didn't realize that going into the film and what's also problem yeah no I agree and what's weird is that if you think like okay if you're the band right yeah can you imagine that working with Freddie Mercury was so lovely so perfect so free of quarrels (laughs) that you said you know what the perfect representation in film is basically a saint it's the same reason like you know Mr. Rogers film right like they didn't yeah. vilify him because there was nothing to vilify you know he yeah. had his hard days right but yeah. he wasn't he was never secretly mean or secretly you know r- you know ripping people down 
right? Mm-hmm. But what, I mean, Freddie Mercury, I'm sure he was a great guy all the time, 100%. I'm sure he never had any controversies or, or <laughs> difficult things in his life. <laughs> you know? I'm sure he never had fights with the band. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be real and say that every other Best Picture nominee for me... We're recording. Sound disturbance. So we're just going to pause. Sorry. We're just pausing. No worries. La 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 la. We're, we're editing this out. Like, there's going to be a giant break in the like audio feed no, so I can see it. And I can I'll see my mo- I'll see my most I'll see my most important thing right now. Then what? You're so best picture. Right now. So best picture. When it comes to like. <laughs> in future, you guys. So like best picture. When it- your most important insight we're going to say right now. Go. No, you're not. <laughs> it's. Um, I don't even Maybe know. Maybe we should keep this. This is kind of funny. No, it's not. <laughs> this is very worrying. <laughs> but when it comes to, like, best picture, it's tricky because when you, if you're actually a voter, you have to wonder to yourself, am I picking something that I want to overshoot? Shit, Will, you're actually saying real things? I thought you were going to give a joke. You're saying something actual, your actual opinion on it. And so, like... What are you doing? So, <laughs> Something that you want to put in like he a vault. He doesn't want your podcast to be any good, Ben. <laughs> I don't know. I legitimately don't think he wants to. Like 500 years into the future, you have this best picture film and you think to yourself, oh, it's going in a vault or it's going to be projected into space and, you know, people on, you know, um, some planet, you know, orbiting, you know, somewhere up near Alpha Centauri or wherever the Lost in Space crew goes, right? <laughs> um, they wouldn't be watching these films and they, we want serious good films, right? But the other hand, it's like, you know, don't you just want Best Picture to be the film that you liked most? You don't have to think about what's the most artsy or the, you know, the most like, meaningful to humanity. Yeah, on a like scale. It gets scale weird that way, that. right? Like, there's something, there, there's something kind of fun and pretentious about like, like when you go to like the Cannes Film Festival and you and then you think of the board who's picking out, you know, the Palm Door, right? Mm-hmm. You think sometimes the ones they pick out is the one that is like the one that's, you know, just the most out there, or the most artsy-fartsy, or the one that's going to create the biggest row, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they picked, um, uh, what's it called, Titan? And that one's, you know, that one's just nuts, right? Yeah. Like, the woman who has sex with a car, right? I mean, just crazy stuff, you know? Uh, maybe it's good, I haven't seen it, but, I mean, just, you know, watching the trailer, looking at the description, the reviews, it just seems like a really bonkers film, right? Um, and it doesn't have that big of an audience. No, I mean, it's probably good film, right? For the audience, you know, that wants to see it. But, you know, sometimes they pick up films just, you know, that are, you know, provocative or avant-garde in some way that's, you know, very prohibitive in its audience, right? Or limited mm-hmm. in its audience, I guess, is, is what I mean. So, yeah. Whereas the best picture at the Oscars, it's you get the Academy and it's these real, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, real American people who are in Hollywood voting. And so they vote for the film that they like the most, I would think, right? It's tricky because you don't have to watch every film. Well, you're supposed in a category. to. Wait, like, well, you're supposed to, but we know that. People oh, but don't. people obviously don't. Why? Right. I mean, how? You know? Yeah. Goodness. I mean, yeah. It's so. It's like you. How many people are out here watching? I'm just gonna pick from last year. Um, Jews and the Black Messiah versus No Man Land versus The Father. Right. That's fair enough. Although, with the fact that No Man Land won, that does suggest that enough people cared about, on some level, either that they liked the film, just flat up liked it, right? Yeah. Or that they thought about, you know, the the um the legacy of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the most important film this year, and therefore I should pick it. You know. 
I wonder if that goes on a lot because I don't I don't have some inside knowledge. It's it's a weird thing to balance because it's hard to predict like ten even ten years from now if the film's going to remain relevant for best picture considerations, right? Like, well, it depends to be but, honest because some films it's immediately obvious it will be, and some it's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I guess in that case, let me just go to like twenty eleven Oscars and see like the King. Oh wait, no, is that the King's Speech? That might be the King's Speech who won. In terms of winners and nominees, let me see. Yeah, that year was King's Speech that which won. Which won against the social network, which, which I, I disagreed with. Um, I mean, no, I not disagree. That's too strong. I would have picked the social network, but I guess it's fine that the King's Speech won. It was a good film. But so. it also, but the King's Speech also beat out Inception and yeah. beat out the social network. Well, beat Inception out, wasn't going to win. But. Beat out Toy Story 3. Sure. But I think what's interesting is most people... <laughs> probably have seen Inception or Toy Story 3 over The Social Network or even The King's Speech. And both of those films, Inception and Toy Story 3, are not only popular, but they also influenced a great number of people and kind of influenced um, uh, Hollywood after. Sure. Um, And, and yeah, it's true. Whereas The King's Speech really didn't. It definitely cemented the legacies and the careers of, say, like, Colin Firth and Oh, did, Carter. he did an excellent job, yes. Um, but it's He won not, the Oscar that year. I don't look at the King's Speech and go, I'm sitting here in 2022, mm-hmm. and I want to revisit it for some, like, meaningful insight on the world, on humanity, or even humanity at that time period. Mm-hmm. Like, in 2010, like, does it tell me something important about how the world, how, what society was like in 2010, right? Whereas I look at the social network, Inception, Toy Story 3, um, other nominees that year, I go, they kind of give me more in that mm. regard when it comes to, if I'm talking contemporary, historically, what does it say about the time we were living in then? And so if you look at it from that perspective, I'd say, yeah, those three films, probably I would put over King's Speech to win if we're looking from that angle. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, hmm. I never say like Toy Story three never would win because people don't vote for animated film to win Best Picture. They really don't, unless something. Well, that's the. Well, actually, here's the question directly: Do you think an animated film will win? Now, okay, let me ask the question and let me uh, back it up. Right? Do you think an animated film will ever win Best Picture? Now, by ever, here's the weird thing, right? What do you mm-hmm. mean by forever? You know, like ever, like. <laughs> What do you, like, you know what I mean, right? Again, like, but let's just say, like, you know, for the meaningful future of the next hundred years, for instance, you know, whatever. Because <laughs> like, after 101 years, history, like, humanity has no meaning. It has no meaning. Well, we, we will have evolved by then. We'll have fused with, um, with the, um, whatever, you know, alien pops out of the... Has, like, well, I wasn't even thinking about aliens. I was thinking the singularity may, have, you know, pop in and whatever comes out of the singularity, you know. The comments kind of come down. The United Caprio and Adam McKay, they totally predicted they, they told They told us. They warned us. <laughs> what if that film was the actual truth and then the very end of the film was Leonardo DiCaprio looking at the screen directly and shouting at us? <laughs> like, this film is was, was a ruse. I'm, I am going to be killed for what I'm about to tell you. An asteroid is coming. You know, the United States is covering it up. Look into the sky right now, people. Get out of the theater. It is not a joke. Get up and look at the sky. And we all get up and look at the sky and we say... Well, I guess I didn't really like the film, but, you know, I guess it had an important message because we're all going to die in five, <laughs> five, six months. 
Well, actually, if you can see in the sky, it's going to be imminent. But, you Do know. I think an anime f- film where everyone does picture the academy? I think... I think no. Yes. Oh. I think no. Okay, interesting. I feel like the onus is on me to say yes and explain why. Yeah. Because it's more obvious that it wouldn't. It's obvious because it wouldn't, and I'll give you very briefly why I think it won't. In, in the basic future of like 100 mm-hmm. or 200 or whatever years. Well, 200, who knows, actually. I don't even know. Actually, maybe I should back out of my answer because it sounds less and less good as we go on. Like, <laughs> because for every, let's say, like 10 years that goes by, but roughly 10, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm, you know, just kind of arbitrarily, for every decade that goes by, it seems less obvious what can and cannot win anything or can, you know what I mean? And like, if you said, I'm telling you, like, you know, like so many years ago, if you said, oh, well, I'm telling you, a Korean film's going to win Best Picture, I'd be like, so it's like in English. No, it's in Korean. Oh, so it's like widely popular. Well, I mean, there's lots of murder and it's radar uh, and it's about class warfare and dumps on the rich. I'd be like, eh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think rich Hollywood would dig that. <laughs> oh no, they'll love it. They'll love it. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know, man. So you know kind of how A24, the studio company, has kind of built its um, prestige slash reputation on showing the beauty but also the banality of life and existence. Yeah, they, they certainly stumbled with Charlie Sheen, but ever since that, they really, <laughs> they really got better at A24. So yeah. they like to do films like Minery, like uh, After Yang. Yeah, that, but they also like the horror films. But you're talking yeah. about the non-horror? Yeah, I'm talking about like the kind of slow-paced um, type of films A24 likes to put out that are like, very naturalistic, uh, taking a family and literally kind of doing almost like a slice of life long form mm-hmm. look at them. Okay. But now pair that with a motion capture technology that we saw in Ready Player One. B the like the super realism of Pixar in the past few years, which is weird though. Right? And I'm telling you that in the next. 20, I'm going to say 20 years. Oh, so this we is... We are a, going to get... No, no. This is... Which, okay, by saying 20 years, you're actually betting. Yeah. You locked uh, yeah. yourself to a bet. What are yeah. you going to bet? What am I going to bet? I'll bet you... $20. Your entire portfolio. <laughs> I want your entire crypto <laughs> you want, portfolio. You want you better, my IP you, too? Oh my yeah, gosh. I want all of it. Um, I'll tell you, you all my you, NFTs. Um, I don't think you have any. Shh. Yeah. That's I, the secret. Yeah, that's... Don't don't worry. You actually mentioned the win FT and people boycott you. I mean, did you see World of Warcraft? What's going on? No, I, I, I don't think I'm allowed to state things like that. Oh no! I, yeah, can I, the current events. I can so just talk about it. You can right? talk about it. Oh, okay. So as long whoever, as you're not telling insider who, secrets. Whoever owns World of Warcraft, I don't remember who. It doesn't really matter to me. The owners of them, um, they have discussed something having to do with I have no idea what the news was I, I am just raging oh about God, the dude. Vegas of thing I'm probably gonna get sued over this let me just go to my phone type in World of Warcraft honestly I think what they were doing is they wanted to NFT. upgrade to a blockchain um, and some people were very against it because of the environmental um, uh, well because I guess principally because it's unnecessary at this stage or potentially in the future or in any future stage depending on the way um, you know we um progress um web three but um so vitalik birturin who is the co-founder of ethereum has suggested via his blog that nfts should evolve into being soul bound like items in world of warcraft hmm no no i'm it's like the company itself though oh like that's like, what came up hasbro to me. owns this company and this company either made or controls or does something to do with world of warcraft 
Oh no, it's not World of Warcraft. I've been denigrating the wrong company. Oh, oh no. Oh my gosh. So well. I really am getting sued. No, it's Dungeons and Dragons. What are you talking about? Hasbro owns this thing that owns Dungeons and Dragons. That's it. What are you talking about? I'd like about? to apologize to World of Warcraft. Um, obviously, Blizzard and whatever, Hootenannies, la 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 la. Sorry. I just need to type in Hasbro NFT. I think, well, that's all, folks. We don't have time. That's a half an hour. Um, that was fun. Um, my name is Will, and this is... <laughs> no, say right here. Do not... Bye. Get, get back into your... Get back... No, don't Bye. hop into your private jet. Get back inside the house. Bye. <laughs> Please don't track me like you do Elon. <laughs> Bruh. Did you find it? You found it. Yeah, but it's not even worth going into. But I was right, right? It was, yeah. a, it was the blockchain deal, right? Yeah. Um, it's, 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 um, it, it denigrates the environment at a faster rate than, um, than regular websites. And basically the question is, why on earth would you do that? And it's, you know, so, yeah, that's, that's I mean, that's yeah. the five-second version of actually a little more complicated, but I guess it really does come down to that as far as the, um, you know. If you want the slug line, basically look up, uh, I'm reading this straight up from the website. Hasbro partnered with the Worldwide Asset Exchange Blockchain to release its first Power Rangers NFT collection that is not made up, that is an actual thing that's going on in the world right now. Hey, one of high, uh, Disney's Chippendale NFT. One is 3D and one is My Little Pony running around in it. Not, not the Chippendale you're thinking. The Chip and Dale. Well, I said Disney's Chippendale, didn't I? I mean... Hey, oh, you know what? Here's Disney thing. might go in directions you never would have dreamed. Here's the thing, though, ready? You know Epcot? The happiest place in the world? Well, you know, okay, so you know Epcot. Adults too. No, they're about to, right? <laughs> this is what they could do for real. You know um, Epcot, right? Yeah. What was Epcot supposed to be? Uh, a giant golf ball. Well, for you, okay, Woods. so Epcot stands for. Eternal. No, Paradise. okay, I'm going to tell you because you clearly don't know. <laughs> Clouds, Even though I've told you so many times. Outer it stands for. Um, uh, I don't even know what it stands for anymore. Experimental um, Prototype Community of Tomorrow. I've, if I'm not exactly right, I'm basically right. So <laughs> basically, it's a, it's a town. It was supposed to be a town. Like a future town. There's a 70% chance of the comet hitting the Earth. It's basically 99%. But 70's basically right. <laughs> yeah, 70%. 70%. So it's um, a cop. Yeah, so basically it's a community. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in other words, to put simply, it's a village. It's a village that Disney controls um, or owns and um, actively keeps the um, um, cool tech going through. And so people can visit this place and see all the new stuff. It's a showcase. It's a living world showcase. But you live in the houses for real. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So obviously after Walt Disney died, they said, how much money would we lose if we did this? And the answer was a lot. So they're like, uh -huh. how about we turn it into a theme park instead? <laughs> but guess what they just announced they're gonna do it for real <laughs> 60, they're gonna do it out in California oh, and what? they're also going to not basically do Epcot at all they're just going to brand it I guess they're not even gonna build the houses they're gonna lease it out and like disclaim it so when the inevitable crime happens they're going to say it didn't happen on Disney's watch <gasps> just like here Mr. Smith you're gonna have your home refinance with Disney huh yeah, that's, that's disturbingly on point. That's, yeah, that's actually really worrying. It just, that's, well, okay, I'll do, my, I'll do my bit then. Here we go. If we do not stop them here, 
then it'll truly be a Disney World. <laughs> Cue the horror music of the circus uh, carousel. And it's a small world after all. It's, it's not small... our world after all. <laughs> I can't even remember what I was saying before this. I don't. I was saying, oh, I was saying that in 20 years' time, an animated film... So you're going to make a bet of this, right? Yeah, I'm going to make a bet. I'm going to bet you $20. $1 for every year that this will... I want your... Ben, we've been through this. I want your crypto. Fine, I'll give you all... I'll I'll, I'll give you all my crypto, which is worthless. Did you buy one Dogecoin? (laughs) (laughs) I made a big investment. What what'd you buy? Look, I one, bought one Dogecoin. They sent me an actual they sent me an actual silver coin that's not actually made out of silver. Oh, oh, but I'll it has a actual... picture of the Doge meme on it on the back it says In Doge we trust. It says in Doge we trust, yeah. And if you and if you zoom in like microscopically, <laughs> you, it's actually it's actually comprised entirely of Elon Musk's face. Enhance. Right? Enhance. Enhance. Elon Musk. Yeah, we knew it all along. Harrison Ford, you were calling all What? <laughs> I was doing Blade Runner. Oh. Enhance. Enhance. Right? You have to yeah. enhance the meme of Doge. And in, in the pupil of Doge meme, you can see Elon Musk staring back at you. Yes. That's correct. <laughs> I thought I was going to see, like, the stars on the night when, you know. What? <laughs> and, uh... Uh, it'll come to me in a second. Were you? Oh, Diego. Are you doing? Oh no! What, I've lost his name. What book are you quoting? I'm quoting the miracle with the roses. Oh. Um. I apologize. I can't um, hear you. Um. Juan Diego. Yeah. No. Yes. Sure. You have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't. All right. Moving on then. Clearly, this is this is this is very. To recap, in 20 years' right, I'm gonna time, look this up. I'm this is unacceptable. You, in 20 years' time, I'm giving you my Dogecoin. An animated film will have reached. Oh, how deflated by then, probably. Will have reached the level of technology where someone is going to do an artsy film that's animated, but the point is it's going to be like this A24 style. You doubt myself. It is Juan Diego. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Juan Diego. It's going to do. He's, um, the, the stars are in the eyes of, the, um, of, uh, of uh, Mary. Sure. <laughs> I guess. You call yourself a Catholic. I don't call myself anything. You don't call yourself anything. I don't have a name. You don't, I thought you had a name. I'm just a, <clears throat> I'm just a voice in the white. I don't know anything except Well, I would say you can Oscars. call me by my name, but that might get weird. Alejandro. Ooh. It's got weird. I was doing Lady Gaga. <laughs> In 20 years' time, an animated film will be will reach the technology where someone is willing and able to feel safe and secure to put out a budget of, of like, 10 million, say, 5 million if it's super indie, to do a film that's, like, almost Birdman-style-esque, almost Minari-esque, where it, the point is that you're watching an animated film okay, that's... So- Mundane and so, and about the banality of existence. Oh, so, so right. So like, so like an Amelisa, which did get nominated for best picture. Yeah. Um, but had no shot at the. But end. didn't didn't have a shot of winning. Uh, it was Charlie Kaufman won because maybe it was just too bizarre for people. But. Well, it is a Kaufman film. You're right, but I but I'm saying that we're already at that point. We have Charlie Kaufman doing an Amelisa. We have 
Um, uh, heck, we have Russ Anderson doing like Isle of Dogs and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm -hmm. Toy Story 3 got nominated. Like the door is open. It's just a matter of people coming around to the idea that animation isn't somehow automatically lesser than any other uh, film medium, right? Film genre. So I think we have reached a certain point where more and more people are accepting of that idea. And in 20 years' time, I really believe that we're going to have an animated film win Best Picture. But what would it be? I don't know! No, not specifically, <laughs> but I just... The, the reason I'm still holding out, even though I think it's more and more compelling, is that it would have to be... What's the word? It just the... The gathering of so many things together at the right moment. Lightning. Well, you right. kind of almost have to do a story that... It's very societally, societally relevant, something that is emotional, um, something that um, feels bigger than itself, right? In the way that No Man Land did. That, like, it's either like the parasite route, which feels timeless because of its, because we can endlessly dub on capitalism and have something to say about class divides and class iniqu iniquities, right? Or it could be the no man la land route, which feels timeless because it's so aesthetically beautiful and different from um, from what we've seen in the past. That you, no man land does things that, from a technical perspective, we're still going to be teaching in film schools. It feels like for a while. Um, so it's kind of have to be an animated film that kind of does that, where we reach the point where you know our abilities to maneuver three D cameras are so controllable that you can make an anime film out of anything and show any camera shot anywhere. I don't know. It's probably going to have to be an independent animation house. Oh, you really think so? I, think I it could, would, I could I imagine think it would be the Disney. opposite. Cause I, I, I can't imagine something like... It could like, be Pixar. It could be uh, Mikoto Shinkai. Well, I just, it could be, right? But like Disney's maybe. not going to do it. Like Disney's oh, not going to do it. Well, that's actually... DreamWorks that, isn't going to do it. Illumination's not going to do it. Right. To, to the contrary, you know, to be absolutely honest, I think if there's any studio that would win, I feel like it would, pay, uh, uh, it would be Disney or Pixar. Well, Pixar, yes, but Disney, no. Like, well, Walt Disney if Animation Disney, Studios would If Walt Disney could actually it, get it together. Pixar Animation Studios would. Maybe. I guess, I guess maybe once again, right? Beca right? Because... Well, the reason I say Disney won't is because the closest Disney's ever gotten... Because you're saying they won't. Because you're simply because, saying they because won't. Because they wouldn't want to. Because the closest Disney's ever gotten to commenting on a, like, today's contemporary society is Zootopia. Instead of doing a proper Zootopia 2, they're just doing Zootopia Plus and Disney Plus. <laughs> just a uh, uh, TV series. Spin, spin off with, Which, the, with the Mafia fam. Right. I'm not against, but at the same time, I, I would like a Zootopia 2. Well, I, th I, I just feel like they, they don't want to do a second one. For our reasons we're not going to get into. <laughs> well, I mean, you already breached it, like, twice already. Oh, yeah, with the anti-anti-anti-anti-Vietnam uh, <clears throat> War protests. Yeah. I don't know how many anti <clears throat> put in there. Um, for me, okay, so I guess this kind of wraps back neatly into my criteria for Best what, Picture. What if which is, like... I think a Best Picture winner should either, A, feel socially relevant to the point where even if we've reached a point in the future where those issues are no longer, thankfully, social issues, we can look back at that film from a historical perspective and show, like, this is the kind of mindscape or, 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 or landscape of what society is kind of going through at the moment. Or it's a film that feels timeless because it's talking about an emotional issue, a social issue, a political thing that's just never going to go away. 
and so therefore is going to have always something insightful to say about the world. Sure. Well, I guess. Well, especially when they deal in something that could yeah. be seen in a more archetypal sense, or in like a, it was something that's something more basic that's being said, even beyond what's being obviously said. Yeah. Because some things that are exactly what they are, live and die by how relevant they stay. Right. Based on exactly what they are, you know. If you know what I'm saying. Mm, do you have a like, film example um, that comes to mind? Um. Well, I guess a good example is, like, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Oof, yeah. Which, it's a good film, but it's also kind of like, okay, so I guess this film's only relevant to people who are still really against, uh, you know, the mingling the races. Yeah, I, you know, like, yeah, I guess, basically. Um, but otherwise, just like, yeah, I it's mean... A, it's a film you can It's a good historical just, artifact, yeah. but, yeah. I don't know, you watch it and it's like, you're belaboring the point that we already agree with. It's like, yeah, okay, I mean, you know... Okay. I think it's hard to be scandalous, like make a film that is trying to be scandalous in Hollywood. Well, I kind of disagree. Okay. I, I feel like, I, I think what's happened though is you've reached the ceiling of what's acceptable. So like, well, I guess. Or like when they push, when, you know, like the seat, okay, you know, like in like places where you go and work and it's like sad. You like push. <laughs> you go to work and it's like sad. Yeah, yeah like in general, like I, know. I don't know, like like school. Let's just do school. I don't want to, you know, the places with like the little like um, I don't know, squares, right? And then you can push the squares when you get on top of the chairs. Oh, you're talking about like ceiling tiles that yeah. are literally you push one up and you go. Yeah, up like you're being chased by a velociraptor, so you climb through the, you know, like yeah, the top. yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Die hard. Yeah, exactly. So what was I going with that? I, um, no I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. So like. And then when people, like, push it a little bit, they, it, there's, like, some gremlin up there, like, pushes it back down, like, no, no, you know? <laughs> I was saying before, like, metaphorically, that there's a ceiling, and then I was saying, well, yeah, it's, the ceiling isn't hard, like, you can't, like, it's, you know, I'm saying, but you can, you push, can, you can push the tile up a little, but there's a gremlin who lives up there. There's a Hollywood gremlin. The, who'll push the tile back down, and you feel a little sharp, no, no, <laughs> you know, right? And that's the internet <clears throat> saying that, right? <laughs> Um, I guess, but at the same time, I kind of go, after Fifty Shades of Grey, it's a really anything else, lot that's taboo in Hollywood. Um, how often do you see kids being murdered? You know what? We're not going there, dude. That's what a taboo is! Do you <laughs> not understand what you're talking about? <laughs> how many films like The Reader do you see come out? Not many. But they're out. Some. I'm saying that, like, it has been done, though. Yes. So therefore, it's not taboo. Well, that's not true. Okay. Therefore, it's not <laughs> scandalous. So therefore, it's, it's still taboo. Therefore, it's not scandalous. Because, like, other people have done it, and they've already created the scandal of doing it. That makes sense. It's partly true. It's partly true. But it's only insofar as people just kind of let it go. Like, oh, I guess it's just going to be now, right? And then they just stop mm. protesting, like, right? People like, desecra like, desecration of um, Christian imagery. Um, yeah, it's kind of more acceptable these days. Like, people aren't right? going to get riled up like they used to over a film that, that is, like, attacking um, a, a, a social norm, right? Wait, what? Say again? People aren't going to get riled up about a film attacking, like, desecrating a social norm or something like that. Um... Well, like what though? I guess, are you, are you asking, are you saying just in general and then I have to prove one? 
Well, okay. Because um, historically, okay. historically, like uh, like interracial marriage was a big thing yeah. for a while, right? That's um, true. Like um, Last Temptation of Christ was super. That was a huge thing for a while. Was super scandalous. Because says he had to run for the hills for a few years right. there, right? Yeah. Nowadays, it's the scandal is about like kind of like the production crew. Like if there's somebody in the film, um, associated with the film that has done something, done something horrible. Oh, either allegedly or, or actually. Yeah, right. Correct. So, yes. like for example, um, Kenneth Branagh's new film, *Death on the Nile*. I got the Christie's mystery. No one. <laughs> Not his Oscar nominee in Belfast. <laughs> his other. Project. Like, people are up in arms because of the people in the film, not because of the film itself, mm-hmm. right? Because people are upset with uh, Gal Gadot, Letitia Wright, Armie Hammer, right? Oh, Wright's in the film? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, people are upset that, that they're, that they're uh, in the film and they're all together, so you kind of have this, like, uh, gathering of all the currently well, controversial controversial people. just to be clear they're not all controversial for the same reasons no they're all <laughs> don't, separately don't start this train they're all separately yes. controversial completely for separate completely unrelated reasons yeah. yeah like people weren't upset that Green Book won people weren't upset the, that there's a film called the Hometown film. on Netflix people were upset because of the politics surrounding why Green Book won yeah sure sure because it won over Black Klansmen because yes. it won over Black Panther because it won over Roma because it won over all these very, um, I run over Vice, one over all these films I say a lot about racial injustice, social mm-hmm. injustice, and then you get Green Book, which is like the soft version well, of it. Well, going back to Scorsese, though, I will say that Wolf of Wall Street caused, its, caused a um, certain amount of uh, pushback okay. for, for, its, for its moral depravity. Is that, that's why it got nominated for Best Picture, well, <laughs> because of its moral depravity. Well, kind of, actually, yes, because it was all in, right? Yeah. But... Um, and I think um, I think um, DiCaprio should um, possibly have won that year. To be honest, mm. I think it was his most one of his most. Um, I think um, it was arguably sorry, his all, most. Sorry, all uh, with all that being said, I guess wrapping back to the four films in question. Wait, what? What do we do with taboos? Where do we get? Where do we get? How do we get this far? I don't know. You uh, you brought it up. Oh. I don't know where it was going. I was just like following the track, and I, I realized the track ran out of rails. So we're gonna have to. Toby McGuire this train and put it to our grinding halt. Yeah, but it kind of fell off the track still. Oh, I got it. I got it. Care. I got it. Okay. I got it. What? I know it exactly. The taboo is moral. Yeah. The moral taboo currently is doing something that is considered immoral. Sorry. No, no, not doing something. Isn't that like, that's no, the no, definition no, no, no. of taboo? No, no, no. no. Let me, let what me, are you talking about? No, no, no. I, I, I misspoke. Um, make siding morally with the person. The immoral person. Siding with the immoral person. Like hanging on their shoulder. So like if The Dark Knight was about how the Joker wants to watch the world burn and the end of the film, the message is, oh yeah, the Joker is absolutely 100% right. I mean, actually, it kind of is the message, maybe, question mark, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I kind of wonder after watching that one. It was... So I guess I don't understand what your point is then. Well, because, well, actually, because I'm not what sure. is Because what is No Country for Old Men? What is There Will Be Blood? What is... That's saying that there's something morally dark about the world. I'm speaking yes. about like a film like Elephant where you follow around the, um, the school shooter and then you say, what's the moral of the film? And you say, I don't know, but it seems weird to watch. Mm. And you say, that's not a film everyone, anyone's ever going to make again. Why? Well, because no one liked watching it. 
Well, because, because they felt morally queasy about the implications, and obviously the film was blamed for um, thereafter after um, of some people saying, "Oh, I watched the film and I became inspired by these by this uh, you know by this killer, right?" Mm-hmm. And then they you know, and then there was the whole murder controversy. I think it won the Palme d'Or actually. Um, well, proving that point, right? Oh, so uh, but like in other words, it's it, the moral outlook. If it's not, if it isn't steered in a certain direction, I think American audiences have a very visceral reaction against it. For instance, watching Jordan Belfort you know, do all sorts of terrible, terrible things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's doing all sorts of drugs. He's committing sexual assault. Who's, who's he's, Jordan Belfort? He's the main character. He's the Wolf of Wall Street. Thank he's you, the thank Wolf. You. Wall I Street. wanted to clarify that I knew, but um, you didn't, like, make that connection. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, <laughs> he's um, people around him are committing violent crime, you know, mm-hmm. I think. Well, sort of. I mean, there's one who's basically a thugs, and, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> thuggish activity, I guess, you know, is what I'd say, right? Um... It just, you know, it's crazy stuff that goes on, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's kind of like, but the point of the film is like, but didn't it feel good to do all these terrible, sinful things, these evil things? Because it doesn't just feel good to be bad and to be greedy and horrible. Doesn't it feel great? I don't you feel culpable? You know, and then at the end of the film, you're like, yeah, I kind of do, right? So you kind of go, oh, yeah, it's great that he got his comeuppance. But it's also like, well, I don't know, did he? <laughs> Does didn't you enjoy the film you watched? No, but yes. <laughs> so does that mean for your criteria for like a best picture winner or nominee that like tab having something taboo or something like biting at, at society is kind of important to you? Is that something that you're looking for in a best picture? Well, not necessarily. Because um, you mentioned like Wolf of Wall Street, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned so like you mentioned how like all the four films that we watched in 2021 are like protest films and so they are not necessarily taboo but they are like taboo in the sense of they're talking about things that we don't like talking about in society well most of these films are going against some kind of system yeah that either they're being I mean mean to me they're not really protesting actively against it but they're certainly frustrated by it right right but a lot of the other films it's not necessarily once again a literal protest but there's some sense of that there's something going physically um, insidiously against them, right? Mm. Or so destructive to for you <laughs> that you that is yeah. best for you to reject it. And that feels like a modern concept, like a modern shift for Best Picture nominees where even like a decade ago, like we said the King's Speech won, it's not a protest film. It's a very lovely uh, biopic of someone who overcame uh, um, a personal problem that kind of represented, uh, for the moment, World War II, something larger than himself, right? Um, as the King of England. Yes, overcoming his speech impediment. But I can't imagine the King's Speech winning now beca- because of the type of films I've been nominated within the past few years, right? Um, Moonlight winning, Parasite winning, No Man Land winning, that... These are films that rage against the machine. Yeah, it's saying that there's something Whereas inherently the King's, wrong about the The King's Speech is the machine. Maybe maybe I have a rebel in me, and maybe that's why that tiny rebel in me is like, oh, I, I, I gravitate towards films that are like, fight the machine, fight the power, fight the systems that be, which is why like I'm also with you where I kind of go, I kind of like the social network winning more than the King's Speech back in 2011. Um, yeah, I, I think, once again, but, it's not as much... 
Well, the, of course, the irony of the social network is it's not fighting the machine. It is the machine. It fights itself up to up to the ceiling. <laughs> is the machine fighting itself, but still somehow winning but losing at the same time? Yeah, kind of, right? <laughs> it's how do you become less alone by building a machine that makes everyone connected? How does it feel to be more connected? It makes you feel more lonely than ever, and it makes people fight each other for the money. Uh, that's the paradox of humanity, I guess. I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, think the, um, I think the slug line was like, you don't... Um, what was it? You don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies. I oh, think was the, yeah, um, yeah. Was the, um, the line they use in the posters. I remember that. Something like that. I, I guess for me, if I was a voter for Best Picture, I would... My number one thing I would take into consideration is how useful this is to society now versus like yeah how, how useful so you, how relevant so you, is this to, so, to so society you are right still now. thinking in the terms of society though once again yeah right? which i find interesting or it's a big question actually in my right. mind because sometimes the film that's most useful or most or speaks most broadly mm-hmm. isn't necessarily the film that you like the most once again right it just you right does that make sense that's because true. for instance a film this year just be very brief on it don't look up Oh, it's yeah. in your face. It's garish. The performance is good. Mm-hmm. Um, if maybe a little bit over the top, it sometimes right mm-hmm. um, by design, I suppose. But you know, um, yeah. And then by the end, the film just descends into just, just kind of crazy hysterics, right? <laughs> um, but it's a film that I could see a lot of people maybe even voting or giving high marks for. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm as you may notice from like you know the Rotten Tomato meter, meter the uh, if it's not the Rotten Tomato meter, it's the you know it's the Metacritic, you know, score. I mean, it's just you know it's very divisive right. at best, right? Um, and I can see a lot of people saying that um, that it's a good message, but it's just you know it's no fun to watch. It preaches to the choir. It's demoralizing. It's nihilistic. It's annoying, right? right. On some level, right? Um, but then I suspect that even an artful version of this, if there, if you could even you know envision something more like that right like something i guess more graceful you know maybe more like um um like the film um, Men- um Melan- called melancholy or is it melancholia um, uh, i don't know i haven't seen it yeah um you know kind of grace in the face of death right whereas this film is not supposed to be about that right about mm-hmm. the dignity in the face of doom right it's really more about raging against the end <laughs> and praying that people see it before it's too late and then of course once it's too late then it's like well what can you do right so my, my point there is that I could see people voting for this ver- film or or some kind of alternative version of this film right in some alternative mm-hmm. universe right where it was made a bit differently but I'm not sure if it would be the same as saying that they liked the film liked right. watching it or thought it was the best film of the year or but rather they thought it was the most important film right. of the year if that makes sense and I guess here's, a, here's what I'll say. The other two films that we watched this year for the 20, upcoming 2022, uh, almost at Olympics, uh, uh, <laughs> Oscars, Coda and The Power of the Dog, social relevance also to me could be about what is it that people are looking for at this moment in time. So like I think what's interesting is that No Man Land winning over Judas and the Black Messiah um, I personally like No Man Land better, but I think Judas and the Black Messiah is more socially, like, politically relevant um, for obvious reasons. Um, 
But what I'll say is I think the reason No Man Land won is it kind of says that it kind of shows in this current COVID climate that what people are looking for is about human connection and and um, what brings people together rather what br- drives people apart, which is what Judaism and the Black Messiah ultimately is, what The Power of the Dog is. It's, a, it's a f- another film that's kind of about the cynical, pessimistic nature of, like, a certain brand of masculinity, right, that drives people apart. Whereas a film like Coda is a film that is about what brings families together, what brings people together. And that's kind of why I do think Coda is going to win for 2022, because I think that's what people are looking for right now. And so I think that social relevance can also be in that realm of what do people feel like they need? Yeah, I think it's true. I think that social relevance is only half of it, though, Mm -hmm. because if social relevance was the name of the game, the documentaries would be winning. That's true. That's true quite a lot, and they've never won, right? I don't think it's ever been, they've ever been nominated, or was it nominated once? I don't know. Mm, um, Either Fahrenheit 9-11 was nominated for Best Picture, or it wasn't. I don't think it was, question mark, and if it was even, it definitely didn't win, let me tell you that. (laughs) Um... But it did one. It did win the Palm Door. <laughs> so I guess to, f- to wrap things up, because we are running out of time, do you have, do you have like after this conversation any further insights into your personal criteria? Because for me, I think it really truly is uh, social relevance at the time of the uh, Oscar of that current year's Oscars, and I don't think for me I would vote taking into consideration like what do I think how this film is going to how people are going to respond to this film 10, 20 years from now. I don't think I would take that into consideration. I mean, the, the trick, though, is that you're picking the best of the year, and so it does, on some level, you are. Okay. Because imagine picking the best meme of the day, <laughs> and then, like, looking at the best meme of the day, like, a few years on, you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess I chuckled at that harder than the other memes I looked at that day. But, <laughs> and, you know. I guess. But I feel like comparing the Oscar nominees, Best Picture nominees to memes is a little harsh. Well, the right meme, you know. I mean, maybe, <laughs> I, laugh, maybe I laugh harder at a meme or it's even deeper than some of the Best Picture nominees. <laughs> Elmo raising his hands to the heavens as fire burns around Yeah, him. well, I mean, or even um, um, the This Is Fine Dog. The I, thing. Think, I think Carrie's... Something that's almost um, primordial in us, right? Every year we have a best meme nominee. Yeah, well, honestly, Whatever. I think there could be a best meme award every year. I that's where the Academy's going. They introduced the most popular award. Now they're going to the best meme. Oh, uh, that's true. Award. They did. They they introduced the Twitter. Um, <laughs> best or most tweeted about film or whatever. I don't know exactly how they're going to um, yeah. assess it, but uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry to cut you off. So for you, it's. It is, there is a social concern, especially like future, like as a, um, as an archival piece of archive, going to put this film in the archives is important to you. Yeah, to an extent. But here's the thing. It's not simply, I think, about the social pertinence. It's about the think about a bullness. The the contemplation of the film itself? Or thinking about the film, right? Yeah. And that's where the documentary, I think, fails every time unless something changes, right? Is you watch the film and once you've watched it, it's all very direct. Huh. It's all there. That's what it is, right? The facts are what the facts are, right? And I think that's what some people are very turned off by when they watch a Sorkin film. They'll tell you things expositionally, very directly. 
And then it's just that, that's just the way it is, right? Nomadland is a tricky film. I think I would give it best picture of the ones I've seen. Mm-hmm. I would select it first uh, if I was doing ranked choice. Um, but it is a chilly film in many ways, right? It's kind of a film that holds you at a distance, right? Mm-hmm. Partly it's to, to create this sort of documentarian feeling, right? Yes. Um, but one in thing that it is kind of interesting that it resists is explaining things directly. All it does is set you down and fill you with this kind of feeling or mood about the way um, these people live. And so, it, and so the idea that people leave and they just kind of disappear for years on end or months on end, depending, you know, you may, maybe you never see them again ever, right? I mean, that's just the way of it, right? Um, is expressed um, in these kind of, you know, beautiful scenes of these kind of, you know, people just hitching up and leaving, right? And then you see the dust kick up as they, um, you know, trail on to the distance of the, uh, you know, the great, um, the great, uh, the great um, dusk of the dawn. I liked the film and I didn't love the film. But I liked it a great deal, and I respect it for many things, and it's thinkaboutable in many ways. And I guess that's what makes it the best picture, is that it feels important to me, and it feels like it can be thought about. Some of the other films, while very good, it's kind of extremely direct, right? All you can do is be like, yeah, so that's the film, and uh, this is some more facts about this real person that happened, right? And that's, you know, you can just kind of go in that direction, but... Artistically, it feels very direct. Once again, the other films, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't pull some kind of rug out from under you, like or or mess with you, like The Big Short does, or like A Beautiful Mind does, right? It, it doesn't have some sort of extra thing that drives it into being some sort of you know greater piece of art. It becomes, when it's on its on its own terms, just a very good film that's very direct. It was just very good as opposed to great. Oh, okay. Yes. And maybe that's a different discussion because I say it is a great film. Well, I'm not going to... How many times do you keep watching it? Or is, or, <laughs> or is this one of those, I would only watch it once, but I still love it. No, I would watch it on again, definitely. I mean, I guess I would, but I'm not sure. No, I want, like, when I say rewatch it, but, like, for me, when I say I would rewatch it, I would rewatch it, I would rewatch it because I want to watch it. Oh. Like, I would watch Schindler's List again, but probably it would be from an academic standpoint of, like... Trying to oh, like, you got think this backwards. I'd ra- I, I wouldn't. Fart. I wouldn't want no, to rewatch Schindler's no, List. No, I'd rather watch Schindler's List. Oh my gosh, we can debate that at different. Rather than Nomad Land. Nomad Land, she's just kind of staring around, staring and walking around, and that's so hanging weird. out. Well, no, I mean, okay, it's, that's not not true. No, but I mean, it's a docu. But this is my point. It's a documentary sort of film, right? The cameras are following her around. You mm-hmm. know, so nothing crazy cool or you know, shenanigans for the cinematography is going on, you know? But that's what makes it interesting, I think. It's what makes it interesting in its own right, yes. And that's what makes it, but I, I don't have, me, uh, like... But I don't have to watch it over and over again to go, oh, wow, I just want like, yeah, that's, that's nice. Well, I think it's aesthetically beautiful I think to I, watch. I think, it, I think it is, yes. And so that's kind of why I would want to rewatch it, because I Well, I can I, certainly I rewatch that. it. I, I certainly liked it. Um, but the artistry yeah. is purposely tamped down. And it makes great use of sunsets and, and tempered expressions, kind of cryptic tempered expressions from people, right? And then the fact that many of these people are literally real, the real deal, right? Mm-hmm. Right in front of us, right? Um, so it's doing a very particular artistic expression, which I think is the, probably one of the fullest expressions of what they could have achieved. And therefore, the best picture of the lot. Mm. Um, but, if you're, but if I was asked where I keep watching this film over and over again, I would, I would very quickly know. <laughs> I wouldn't. Where I show it in like a like a film class to study to the T, down to the T, you know, down to the bits. 
I would think probably not, to be honest. Oh, interesting. Uh, as a piece that kind of melds the new age, documentary stuff. Absolutely, of course, you know, for that particular purpose. But generally, no, I'd rather watch Schindler's List for its, for its, uh, its, uh, its overabundance of tricks. Oof. Uh, I think we should... Cinematic tricks. We could not, do- not other kind of tricks. Damn, I mean, it's pretty blunt in those respects. But I mean, like, um, but yes. That's fair. I think um, we can debate that at a different point. But until then, this has been another episode of the Papi Awards. Thank you, you for pro- listening. You gonna protest it? You gonna stand outside and uh, protest your own... Uh... I'm not protesting my own award ceremony, no. So you, so if someone were, you would protest them, right? I would. So you'd be... I would be a protester. You'd be an anti-protester. Anti- <laughs> tell me, say, what, what would you I'd mean? be an anti-protester to my... Pro- wait. I'd be protesting your protest. So I'd be an anti-you protesting. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs>